0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. Before I get started with my interview with Danny Divis and Justin McKenzie of Hope Happens Here, I just want to let you know that on Saturday, June 2nd at 1030 in the morning, I'll be speaking at the LAB, that stands for Leadership, Accountability, and Business Professional Growth and Networking Seminar. It's going to be hosted by my dude, John Moljo at his gym, Team Moljo Strength and Conditioning, located in Shrub Oak, New York. Um, in Westchester County, Uh, more information about that. You can head right over to labfitconsultants.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm super excited today. Um, I think this is is probably one of the uh, cooler podcasts that I'll have done to date. This is going to be episode number 21. Um, I'm joined by two gentlemen that have really put something together that I think is really awesome. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves as to what they do. Um, But I'm joined by, and you guys are going to have to pardon me if I butcher your names, but uh, Justin McKenzie and Danny, is it Divis? Divis, yeah. Divis, nice. I got it right. Um, So I'm joined by Justin and Danny, who are the founders, I believe, correct me if I got that wrong, guys, of the Hope Happens Here organization. I'll let them tell what that is. I'm sure they can do it way better than me, uh, but they're the founders of the Hope Happens Here organization, um, which really spotlights mental health for athletes. Um, Danny and Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for making time, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot.
0: What uh, Can you guys just give the listeners here a little insight as to what Hope Happens Here is?
1: Do you want me to go, Dan? Just,
2: yeah, I was going to say, sorry, it's hard to run up together. Justin, do you want to take that one, No, free.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll trade. I'll do a little trading. Um, yeah, yeah, so Hope Happens Here started in 2015 when Danny and I were juniors at St. Michael's College in Burlington, Vermont. Um it originated through the idea I had lost a friend um, to suicide um, earlier that year, uh, right at the end of 2014. And actually, I was speaking with Dan. We were uh, coming back from visiting friends in Boston in that summer of 2015, um, and it was kind of opening up to him about it, how I f- kind of found it like pretty shocking that I could lose a friend like that. Um, we had went to high school together, and he was a student athlete at uh, UPenn. And uh, he had went missing um, the day of Christmas of 2014. Um, And so after we found out that he did take his life by suicide, um, I started thinking of an idea, like maybe an awareness game, and I was telling Divis about this, and he was all stoked for it. So the two of us were just going to originally do uh, an awareness game. And we went to our athletic director, uh, Chris Kenny, as well as our uh, coach at the time, Damien DeJulian, um, and we presented the idea, and they were really pumped about it. And they actually motivated us to turn it into a club. Um, so during our junior and senior years, we ran Hope Happens Here as a student organization, and um, just it really caught wind throughout campus and the uh, the Burlington community. Um, and we had enough success with it that we decided to turn it into a nonprofit. Uh, this recent summer, the summer
0: of 2017. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um where and I know that you guys have been adding chapters recently. Where does Hope Happens Here stand now as far as chapters? Where is it, you know, geographically? Is it in the United States? Um like what is what's kind of the the current outlook for Hope Happens Here? Um
2: well we're, once, we're definitely again,
1: international we're have to, Yeah, take that one. Sorry. Yeah, well we're definitely international <laughs> with Danny being over in France right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> but we're pretty much based, so we run it, uh, Danny and I run it with uh, Colin Diebel, a former teammate of ours um, from St. Mike's on the hockey team. Uh, he's our uh, finance guy. Um, so we left out, we created our, our foundation with the three of us. Um, so there's no specific location in that. Um, but we do have six existing chapters right now with two kind of in the woodworks. Um, definitely our biggest one is our St. Mike's one because they are already, um, taking over uh, when we left. Um, so we're actually, uh, most of our chapters pertain to the Northeast 10, um, a small division two uh, conference. Um, some of the schools are St. Anselm's, University of New Haven, Franklin Pierce. Um, I know from, I'm forgetting a few others. So I'm going to apologize to them. Uh, St. Rose is one of them. Um, so yeah, we have about seven schools in the n 10. Uh, we also do some workshops and presentations along the way, as well with other athletic conferences and high schools and um, some national conferences.
0: That's awesome. So, I want to start here, and, and this is going to be for those that are listening. Um, you know, there's normally three things. This is kind of a special episode. Um, there's going to be probably more than three things, but I, I really want to educate the strength conditioning coaches that are listening to this as to why our role as coaches, and we see these kids so often. Um, really, I think, plays a huge part in just making sure um, we have eyes on, on the kids that we work with and, and how we can really be a part of a bigger picture here. Um, guys, could you shed a little bit of light on like what the workshops are that you do and, and kind of like what a typical, um, you know, like maybe campus event might look like for Hope Happens Here?
2: All right, I'll jump in and take this one before we have any more yeah, silence. That's <laughs> all you uh, it's definitely super hard to coordinate that, just not knowing who's going to speak up first. But uh, so <laughs> we've spoken at a couple uh, student athletic advisory committees. Uh, Justin's done a, a bit more since I have been in France for a bit. Uh, but basically what we've done at other colleges is kind of outline what we've done with Hope Happens Here and how it's become, you know, somewhat successful and like the importance of mental health as a whole. Uh, so it's kind of just a guideline of what we're doing and kind of hoping to get some more outreach and say, you know, if you want to jump on board, like feel free or just spread awareness in general. Uh, we did that at University of Vermont and Middlebury. University of Vermont has since kind of taken on their own mental health awareness thing, uh, which is great. Obviously, any, any awareness is good. Uh, and then Middle there, I think we're trying to get on board. Hope Happens Here still has been a bit of a process for us. Um, we also did a presentation at a high school when in our first, like, eight months of uh, being an organization, and it was like a 45-minute presentation, a bit longer than normal, and it really outlined uh, mental health in general and kind of what to look for in your friends. Um, so it was much more like a workshop teaching kids what mental health really is for the most part by like college kids have an understanding of what mental health is. And so our workshops with that is usually just saying, you know, if you see somebody that doesn't seem to be okay, it's all right. Uh, you know, talk about it with your friends or please like seek help if you're having any of these symptoms. Uh, but for the workshop at the high school, it was a really a lot about education and it was a really great experience. And if we could do more of that, we certainly would.
0: That, that's awesome. Would you say, you know, as, as a strength conditioning coach, you know, I feel we have interaction with teams pretty routinely. And you guys were hockey superstars. I'll, I'll, I'll use that phrase at St. Mike's. Um, and, you know, you guys, uh, did you guys work with, was it Ryan Garo? Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. Ryan was, is a buddy of mine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as like a coach goes, whether it's a head coach of a sports team, a strength coach who might be seeing kids in the weight room and have a little bit more personal interaction, you know, off the ice or off the field, what are some things that a coach can do or should do or even should be looking for? I know it's kind of a broad question, um, so, you know, just kind of put mental health on, on their radar. You know, is, is it body language? Is it behavior? Is, you know, what, what do you guys recommend?
1: Um, I think a a learning point that we try to do, um, in our workshops and stuff is to first off speak up because, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen is that you hear no. It's like, you know, you ask someone if they're struggling and they're saying, no, like I'm, I'm fine. You know, why would you think that that's the worst thing that can happen is they say no. And we try to create this like collaborative, um, environment where you want to, you want to speak up when something's going wrong. Um, one of our biggest points is, uh, when someone's just not acting the same way as they did. So in our workshops, Dan and I would kind of compare each other. It's like, I'm a very outspoken person. So something for Danny to look out for me is when, you know, I'm being a little quiet, kind of keeping to myself because that's not usually how I am on a day-to-day basis. And it's the same type of thing. Like Danny was very successful in his college career. And if I kind of saw his game falling off a bit, being like, hey, I noticed you haven't really been bringing it in practice too much. Um, You know, your game performance hasn't really been there. Like what's going on? Is everything all right? So it's it's a number of it's a number of things. Um, but also from the strength conditioning coaching, coaching perspective, um, it's having that open mind. If the student athlete does approach you saying they are they do have some sort of mental health problem is being okay with that and not like holding it against them and being like, Well, now I can't trust them because I don't know where their heads at. Are they a liability? Can I not put them out on the field or on the ice too? So it's kind of a two way street and wanting our student athletes to open up, but also administration being okay with um and understanding with the student athletes opening up
2: yeah yeah and others uh I'll snowball real quickly off of that from a coach's perspective one thing our coach did in college that uh, I really appreciated was uh he pretty much just said you know if you guys have anything you guys want to talk to me about my door is always open and I think it was mostly about hockey but I think that it also kind of went further than that and just to hear that as an athlete it's it, You know, it's nice to know that your coach is there for you. And it was a very, like, welcoming environment, which I think is really important as well.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's something that, you know, I think our role as coaches in in kind of a strength conditioning environment specifically, you know, a lot of it, people think it's just, hey, here's the program, guys. Let's make sure we get our work in. But that interpersonal connection that you have with athletes and the relationships you develop, I think really are, I mean, it's easy to say is the most important thing. but. I mean, from from an athlete perspective, that, that could be a, a real personal relationship that maybe they don't have with the sport coach if you're a freshman on campus or a transfer, or even if you're just someone who maybe isn't as outspoken on the team and you do develop that bond. I think it's just important for the strength conditioning coaches, whether it be in a college setting or even in a private setting. Um, you know, I, I work at a, a an open facility with high school kids and we have college kids during the summer. And, you know, some of the conversations that we have go outside of the weight room. And I think that that's okay. Um, You know, making sure that you, you always kind of have the athletes best perspective or best um, intentions in mind. You know, like there's one thing to talk about March madness. There's another thing. If a kid kind of seems, you know, different acting and kind of how you approach that Um, you guys as athletes now, I, wanted, and I don't know if you guys will have, and I'll ask Justin, this one's for you first, and then, just, and then Danny, you can go second just because I know you guys can't see each other on the, the webcast here. Um, how yeah. would you <laughs> want to be approached by a coach? You know, like, hey, you come in, like, maybe you're, you know, you seem a little off, coach comes up to you in between sets or something and is like, hey, you know, Justin, you know, are you all right? Like, how would you like to be approached as, and this can be totally in your perspective um, by a strength coach should you, you know, not be acting the way you should be?
1: Well, I think that comes with seniority on the team as well. So Danny and I were um, both leaders on the team, our senior year, Danny, captain, me and assistant captain. Um, And I think in that role, I wouldn't mind being called out in front of the team um, because that's more of like a leadership point and, you know, someone's being looked up to, but also even after that, say a coach does call you out in front of the team saying, Hey, you're not bringing it today. Um, If the coach, uh, you know, kind of approaches you privately, or if you, want to uh, approach the coach privately, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, Because, you know, most people, especially student athletes, the hardest part is letting their team down and also not wanting to be vulnerable in front of their teammates. So I think definitely for most of the student athletes, you know, it it all depends on how people react to it. But I think more of a one-on-one interaction, like, hey, can you stick around at the end of the lift? Um, Just want to check in on you, uh, that type of thing. So I think uh, more of a one-on-one approach would definitely be um, probably the best way to go about it.
2: What about Yeah, you I think I mostly echo uh, the second part of JMX sentiment, um, strictly for just looking at it, just strictly from a mental health standpoint. You know, if you notice a guy is pretty, or a girl, sorry, has been pretty constantly been slacking um, or just seems off for, you know, a week or two or something like that. I think the personal approach, pulling them aside and just kind of asking them what's going on, how they're doing, classes are okay or. Like, if life's going all right, and just kind of taking that approach, that's kind of something that I always think is the best way to do it and kind of just ease into it casually and not just like, what's wrong with you? But, you know, how's it going? You know, everything okay? That type of approach, I think. Uh, I mean, at as, as a captain, was probably the best way I would have done it um, at St. Mike's. So I, I think that for most kids and most uh, athletes, that's the way that they'd like to be. A coach.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's something that we we talk about in our facility a lot when when we talk about the athletes that come in is, is kind of who on the staff has the best relationship with that athlete. We had an, an example a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, a guy come in, um, you know, it just kind of seemed off. We don't know. It was kind of around midterm time, you know, like we don't know if it was just test stress or what it was, but um, we kind of identified the coach on staff that had the best relationship that felt comfortable going up and, and just having that little conversation privately off to the side and, know, just to make sure the kid's head was, was where it should be and and everything obviously worked out. But, um, you know, I think it's important for strength conditioning staffs, um, to utilize that staff approach and to talk about it and make sure that it's, it is something that is again on the radar and and making sure that you kind of have a plan and and set to, to approach an athlete and, and obviously do it in a very respectful manner. But, um, to utilize the relationships that each individual staff, even if it's someone like a a graduate assistant or an assistant coach, I think that that can be really important. Um, I do want to switch kind of gears here. Um, you know, so Danny, you're playing professionally in France, hockey, professionally hockey in France. Do you notice mental health is, is like, is it more? Is it less? Like, is it on the radar of professional athletes or is it different because you don't have the compounded stress of academics in the professional setting?
2: Uh, that's kind of interesting. I would say that I kind of am seeing things differently on two different scales. One is that I'm in Europe and it might be different than it is back home. I'm not really sure. And two that, yes, the, like, the academic aspect of it, you're right. is something that we don't really think about. Uh, First, I would say just where I'm at right now, uh, the, the overall approach to saying, I'm not okay. It would maybe do with a couple of teammates, but the atmosphere is not quite like at St. Mike's where it was uh, much more of a family locker room. Playing hockey in Europe, there are imports and there are French guys on in our league specifically. And for a lot of teams, there tends to be a little bit of a divide for a lot of different reasons. Um, so that's one thing that's kind of just that's a, an aside. It's just a little bit different over here. But I, I, I guess I can't really speak to it as much back home the way it would be. But I would imagine not having that academic aspect makes things a little bit easier with in terms of the stress. But at the same time, if you're not playing the minutes that you want, it might make things a little bit difficult because that's what you're there to do, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the perspective of, you know, just the different cultures and, and even just being in Europe versus the United States, things might be viewed differently. But um, when I asked that question, I totally didn't even think that there might be, you know, multicultural multicultural environment or, um, you know, even language barriers that might make communication tough. Um, So yeah, we had
2: guys from Slovakia, uh, France, Slovenia, Canada, United States, Sweden, Finland, uh, makes for a, a real mixed bag of, you know, the way they view mental health and all their home, like their homelands is completely different. So that's kind of been an eye opening experience, honestly.
0: That's awesome. I think that brings some great perspective to, um, the foundation in general, you know, especially if you, you know, guys do take this stuff out, out of the United States. Um, Justin, question for you. Um, say yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm at a college campus. Um, and I'm listening to this and man, this seems like something that would really bring value to my college campus. How do I go about starting my own chapter of Hope Happens Here?
1: Um, so the way we've been onboarding our chapters right now is usually, uh, it starts out with an email inquiry or some sort of, uh, connection reaching out to us. Um, we do have an admin account, um, on our website, uh, where people can just post any sort of questions or comments that they have to us. Um, so it's a couple back and forth emails and then we set up a call, um, with one of the representatives, um, we kind of go over what hope, what hope happens here is, um, what our other chapters do. Uh, and then I try, and then we try to get some feedback, um, from them on, you know, what are their ideas because especially starting out only in our first, you know, few months really as a, a nonprofit, um, we don't have like a set structure. Um, we're just kind of feeding off the energy that people are embracing mental health and want to do something about it. Um, so yeah, someone if they're interested can reach out um, and we'll kind of get the ball rolling with them on what their ideas. is. Uh, most schools right now have an athletic identity um, associated with it, which will usually result in awareness games and sponsored events. Um, but we're really welcoming any sort of student or a group of students who are interested in embracing mental health.
0: That's awesome. What would you say, um, mm. you know, like today, I know you guys have said you've been a nonprofit for a few months now, but what's probably the coolest thing that you've seen that hope happens here has brought to, um, you know, providing mm. awareness for mental health.
1: Danny, you can go first.
0: I think Danny, I just saw his little box disappear from the screen. So I don't think Danny is with us anymore. That French. Oh, TV all
1: right. We're <laughs> a solo show here now. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it's
1: been a roller coaster of, um, kind of emotion, seeing stuff. Um, I mean, there's been a ton, just to pinpoint a few, uh, Danny and I were really, really fortunate. Um, actually we're just about a year away, a year ago now, uh, we were the recipients of the hockey humanitarian award, um, which is like the NCAA award for, um, uh, hockey players that give back to their community and it's through all divisions, uh, and, you know, we got super lucky that we were selected and we were honored at the Frozen Four at a ceremony. So that was probably the proudest moment um, for Danny and I. Like that was really cool, like it was in Chicago and we're sitting in the hotel after it happened. Like, man, can you even believe that it got to this point? Like we started off uh, junior year sitting in the common room of our suite, um, you know, making Sharpie poster boards written with like Hope Heavens Here on it. Um, And the fact that it's gone to this has just been unbelievable. And another cool moment was a few weeks ago, actually, we had our first dual chapter event. Um, so our St. Anselm's chapter hosted an awareness game, uh, women's lacrosse, and they were playing St. Michael's. Um, so they sent us a, a group photo of both both of the teams after the game and their hope happens here gear. Um, and it was
0: really special to see. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, I work, I'm the strength coach for that women's lacrosse team at St. Mike's. And those girls were so hyped for that game. Like you kind of forgot that it was like a uh, you know it was like a, a league match that actually you know like mattered for standings and things. But I think it was really cool to see how everyone kind of recognized that they're able to use sports as a, a larger platform and um, that the game meant a lot more than just a win and a loss in the in the record book. So um, that was that was awesome to kind of be a part of that leading up to uh, leading up to that game for sure. Um, I think yeah. I, I saw Danny reappear back on on the screen here um, what what happens here?
1: I'm sorry. Can you repeat that
0: for sure? What happens next for hope happens here is, you know, just kind of like, what's like the three-year outlook, five-year outlook. If you guys even thought that far, you know, like it's kind of, it's just wild. I've never really had, um, you know, obviously this is a fitness podcast, but, um, for the most part, but it's, it's awesome having, you know, these different types of Guess on and, and kind of like you know talking to nonprofit like where do you guys want Hope Happens here to go?
1: Uh, I think we both have we can both probably answer this one, um, but I guess for me, um, I did a, a workshop with the NSCAC, um, the conference, the Division three conference in that was October, and I remember calling Danny on the way home from that, being like, this was really cool. Um, very engaging, more of like an interactive workshop. And I think w- both of us really enjoy the presentations that we do. Um, so I think once Danny gets home, uh, we hang out a few more of those. And I think, you know, short term um, is opening up more chapters. And hopefully, I mean, we're already at almost seven, any 10 schools, maybe working with the league as a whole would be great. And then I think, you know, from my point, the ultimate goal is to, Somehow work with the NCAA like that would be the dream
0: is the NCAA do any type of mental awareness right now for athletes mental health?
1: Um, from my point, i've been seeing a ton they 're actually starting to really embrace it uh, they've written a couple textbooks on it and stuff actually, so um, they're definitely starting to change it a lot, which is great to see
0: that's awesome that's awesome to see. Um, Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for making time to come on and talk a little bit about hope happens here. Um, you know, what, what if I'm now like, now I'm going to kind of switch point of views here. My last, my last thing, say I'm a business and I'm around one of these any 10 schools or, um, I want to get involved with hope happens here somehow. What, what's like the best way for a business to get involved with a nonprofit? whether it be like a fundraiser or um, promotional event or raising awareness, like what, what would be the best way to get involved? I think,
2: I think based off of what we've done so far, and this is something that I, I mean, we don't really know for certain, but I I think some type of an awareness event, uh, like you mentioned, it is like a promotional type thing would be one way for that to happen. Um, I guess that's an area we haven't even really thought of, but um, maybe we can, you know, we'll look into that, because I think that would be a good idea to have some I guess, extra sponsorship on the side of that to put on some bigger events with the idea of being spreading, uh, you know, mental health awareness. Um, that's definitely something that I haven't even
0: really personally thought of. Cool. Well, maybe I can kind of push, push the envelope on that. I'll definitely once, once the report, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'd love to talk to you guys a little bit more about that. Um, what's the best way to reach hope happens here?
1: Um, probably through our email, which desperately needs a, de- uh, a redesign, uh, which we're doing right now. Um, we have our, we have a small contact page on there, um, and it has our, um, admin, uh, email account there. So someone could reach out to us, uh, via that Danny or I are checking that every day, um, and intercepting emails through that and then answering them pretty quickly. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, that's how exactly how I reached you guys, uh, Instagram first then was directed to that. And then that brought me to you, Justin. Um, I'll make sure all that information also gets into the show notes. So anyone listening to this that wants to get involved with hope happens here, um, it's a great organization. Like I said, I, I've been very fortunate to see the athletes at St. Michael's really respond well and love this organization as far as promoting mental health to not only their teammates, but for themselves. Um, so it's something that I'm actively going to look to try to get more involved with. Um, and I hope that whatever strength coach is listening to this kind of puts on their radar that what we do goes way beyond the program that we're giving our athletes, but um, to make sure that we are checking in with our, our athletes and our kids, making sure that they're they're where they they should be. Um, Danny and Justin, thank you so much for making time guys. Um, any last words for the crew?
2: No, thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Thanks a ton. It's always great to get the word out there.
0: Thanks guys.